You're listening to the Pain and Goddess podcast with Jennifer Harishu. This is episode number 70, season three opener. This is Jennifer Hrishu of Painted Goddess and the host of this podcast, Season 3, which is Season 3 is here. I've been off for three weeks, taking a beat, just kind of relaxing, allowing myself to regroup and kind of uh, enjoy the last bits of summer. I'm out in the Pacific Northwest, if you don't know. Um, if you're a new listener, welcome. I hope that, you know, while I was on break, maybe you took that opportunity to listen to some other of the episodes and um, grateful to have you here. If you have been uh, awaiting this return, thank you for coming back. Thank you for giving me space. Thank you so much for all of your kind words and reaching out. My wind chimes agree. I just wanted to, you know, really take some time to allow all the things that have happened this year sit with me um, and not verbally process so much. Of course, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that every Tuesday I go live with my beautiful witch sister, Marilyn PNW Priestess. And so I've been there. I've been hanging out there still. And, um, I've been hanging out a little bit in, um, the astrologic lab, of course. So, you know, this is my monthly program where we take astrology kind of to the deep personal level and really contemplate the cosmos within and learn how to listen in. You know, we're really learning how to listen in, I think. And that's the guiding principle between um, us and the cosmos in the astrologic lab. So there's a bunch of awesome people in that group, and I'm super excited. I know a lot of you are listeners, so thank you as well for all of your support and excitement around that work. Those of you who show up all the time, I'm grateful. Those of you who don't show up all the time but reach out personally, I'm grateful. Those of you who... I don't know if you're doing the work, but I hope that you are. And I know that your heart is in that space. Um, thank you. Everyone, thanks. Um, lots of gratitude this season as I'm kind of, I had my solar return on the 31st of August. I'm a Virgo sun. And I really, <laughs> I'm 42 this year. It's one of those years that, of course, has been surreal as it is. And then to become 42 is a whole nother level of that. This is interesting. It's been firing. There's been wildfires here. And I've been calling in the rain. And it wasn't supposed to rain until Friday, but it's... I don't know if you can hear it. It's starting to rain. So the waters have been kind of coalescing in the sky 
for the last couple of days and I'm like, just rain, damn it. I mean, I don't know how other witches do it, but I just shout at the sky. Um, <laughs> just, I like, I do spells too, but <laughs> mostly it's me shouting at the sky and don't judge my witchcraft. And so <laughs> I promise whatever. I don't promise shit. Okay. So, you know, when, oh, I love you, Rain. Look at you doing your thing. Fuck yeah. Okay, so nice clouds out. Just it's good. So, so yeah, I've been taking a beat. I've been resting. Um, I've also been binging on Netflix, like I'm sure many of you. And I've been getting ready because my kids went back to school, um, distance learning online, which is actually going all right. As I think as well as can be expected, but also, you know, not much better than like sending them off to school and having like a, a trash can full of papers coming home every day. I mean, I, I, you know, I can't tell you that it's, you know, it's pretty great. So I feel really fortunate that my kids are able to kind of orient themselves and not need me every single moment so I can t continue to do my work. And, um, so, and if you don't know, my work is, I'm an astrologer, I'm a tarot reader, um, and a teacher. Um, my interest in teaching has grown since um, I was young, and I always wanted to be in school. In fact, a lot of the lab materials that I've been creating for the monthly program <laughs> look a lot like school-time materials, and it's no joke. Like, I love kindergarten workbooks where you like have the three lines and there's the dotted line in the middle. I love it. I love worksheets. I love, I love that shit. I love it so much. And so, um, when I'm making worksheets, that's what's on my mind. I just finished the Mars retro upgrade for the lab members. It's an exclusive just for them and sent it out. I couldn't mess with it anymore. I had needled over it for another another week and a half and I I was like I can either keep doing this or I can send it to my lab members and they will do the work um, and then they will tell me what Mars retrograde is like too right like I'm not the only authority here and that's really what um, is really cool about the lab is there's a bunch of astro nerds in there just digging rabbit holes as far as we can go and then offering up the findings to each other um, and the more that the energy builds, the more excited I am about it. Um, tonight we have, this is Tuesday that I'm recording this tonight, we have a house party collage, which is just every um, season we have a house that we're in, right? We're in this house in our astrological chart and our solar harvest cycle. And so um, I call in the contemplation of, well, what does this house feel like? What does it look like? How is it, you know, housing us? How is it nurturing us? What is it feeding us? So we're doing that tonight. I'm super excited about that. So if you were there last night and you're lis listening to uh, this morning um, to the podcast, um, yes. And if you're in the lab and you haven't seen that yet, then I made a recording and you should go do that and do a house contemplation. Um those of us who've done it are just like, I'm, I mean, I'm even kind of blown away. It was a kind of a brainchild. I was like, yeah, you know, inspired a lot by the moon mandala work that April McMurtry puts in her moon is my calendar planners. And, um, 
or journals rather. And just this um, artistic piece of it that I wanted to include in the Astrologic Lab and this intention of, of creating art, a visual representation. So, um, and there's been some beautiful ones that come up and they've been really nourishing for me. Um, and more about that later because it actually is super about what's going on right now. So, all right. I really did do some Virgo-esque planning and I created myself a podcast planner with some categories and all of that kind of stuff so that I can keep myself a little bit focused. So that was my housekeeping section. <laughs> I like, whatever. Containers are good, okay? Say it with me. Containers are good. It's good to create containers. And in fact, what the fuck is sacred space and how to create it is really about containers, creating a container. And for the longest time, you know, when I describe painted goddess, I say, well, what is painted goddess? It's a container for magic, right? It's not express. It's not like expecting any certain kind of things to happen necessarily, right? It's a creating a container for magic to happen within it, right? Um, and that container grows or shrinks depending on who is in it doing work. And it's a container. Um, so anyways, so let's talk about the astro weather. Um, you know, the moon is in Virgo today, Wednesday, um, September 9th, uh, ooh, September 17th. That's September 16th. Oh my gosh. Wednesday, September 7th. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. Who else is having Saturn problems? It's Really, really crazy. So, my daughter is here. Obviously, my kids are at home. But the new moon, the moon is in Virgo this week. Um, today, as I record this, the moon's moving from Leo into Virgo. Okay, which is, it's, I'm recording this on Tuesday. Um the 15th and tomorrow the 16th of September uh, Saturn problems Saturn's gonna finally go direct you guys at the end of this month it'll be really good for timekeeping um, Virgo is where the moon's at tomorrow the 16th which is my lovely friend uh, Marilyn PNW priestess's birthday and by the way she and um, her witch sister Runa have a podcast called country dwellers podcast and I really just want to give them a shout out because they're both super amazing and I listened to I think they're on season three I want to say as well and their first two seasons they took like a year off I want to say um so all of last year basically like right as I started my podcast they finished their second season I want to say and <laughs> which is crazy but true and so, but I listened to their podcast religiously, ritualistically, every time they put one out. And most of that time was me driving to Seattle for my corporate job that I left um, a little over a year ago. Wow. I mean, it'll be almost, it'll be, too, it'll be, this is my second year in full-time business. Anyway, so it's really interesting that she's back they're back 
and it's so good. They're just so funny and really lovely and super witchy. And uh, Runa has all of her kitchen witchery. You know, she's always got some tips and tricks on how to use herbs and the kitchen. And, you know, Marilyn weaves spells because she's just an incredible sorceress, in my opinion, and just very lovely. So I highly recommend you listen to their podcast. Um, and if you've watched uh, me and Marilyn on um, IGTV, you know um, how cool she is. And Runa is usually all up in the comments, too. She's fantastic. So go over there do that. They're on Spotify. They're on everything. In fact, you can watch them do their podcast if you want to go to YouTube. They have that there, too. But it's Country Dwellers with a Z. All right. Back to where I was at. So, um, you know, the moon's going to be in Virgo tomorrow. And um, and new, right? So, so today as this podcast drops, moon is in Virgo all day long. It's the best day for to-do lists. It's the best day to get shit done. It's the best day to transform all that stuck fucking energy, okay? And get it out. Sweep it out. I'm looking at, like, my patio right now. And I'm like, oh... I'm going to sweep the fuck out of this patio as soon as I'm done recording. Anyway, so this energy of like just really getting things done, really task mastering the details, getting those things done. Now, we're going to talk a lot about the Virgo archetype in a moment after we go to our little Addy poo. But I really do, you know, want you to remember this week's new moon on Thursday is in Virgo at 25 degrees. You definitely want to check out where that is in your chart. Everybody's got Virgo in their chart. When the moon is transiting through your chart, you can kind of look at it as um, a wheel where the, the moon and sun kind of move around. Now, of course, it's much more complicated than that, but that's how it's easy for me to express the way that the moon moves through every zodiac sign every month, right? It goes around and around and around. And so as the moon is new, that means the sun and the moon are at the same degree. So they're going to be at 25 degrees tomorrow, uh, Thursday, the 17th of September. And um, actually really early in the fucking morning for Pacific Standard Time. So 4 a.m. for us on the on the Pacific um, on the Pacific coast if you are Eastern Standard, of course, that's three hours later. So you're getting up at 7 a.m. and having that new moon intention. But it might be something that those of us on the West Coast want to set up and do some magic at nighttime. And then first thing in the morning, kind of finish up the work. It's going to be a dark moon, to, you know, today, really. Right. The moon is really dark. You can't see it. Um, the moon will be conjunct and then move away from the sun and start to appear in the sky in a couple of days. So that's technically the, the new, new moon, right? When the moon is just like barely seen in the sky. And we'll see if the smoke clears. It stopped raining, but the clouds are actually clouds and not smoke, it looks like, in the sky. So uh, there's just so much going on, right? So much, so much, so much that I really wanted to talk today about um, Virgo's energy because it's so transmuting, right? It's a transmutable energy. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about 
the tarot card associated with Virgo, the hermit. So, but that's, yeah. I mean, so let's start thinking about that. <laughs> okay, wait, wait a minute. Back to, to the astro, like the cosmic weather, okay? Mars went retrograde in Aries on the 9th. Okay, so last week on Wednesday. And this begins this kind of pretty, I mean, Mars has basically been in Aries, which is its ruler. Mars is the ruler of Aries, okay? And Aries is the cardinal fire sign. It's the sign that, that you know, awakens up the spring, right? When the sun moves into Aries is the first day of spring, right? That's that wheel of the year day, the spring equinox. It's when spring begins. So the, the air, uh, you know, Mars being there all year is a big deal because when a ruler is in its own sign, its actions are way easier. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like, um, swimming downstream, right? And especially when it comes to fast, quick, fiery energy, like Mars and Aries, it's like, it's like a moving energy, right? And so we think about how quickly this year has gone by, even though we've kind of been in this crazy, sticky, pandemic-y, you know, and, and there's been all these other planets retrograde. Mars has been kind of acting as this agent of like, I mean, pro <laughs> I need to look at the degrees because I, I just I just thought about how Neptune's in Pisces, which is um, right next to and that semi-sextile is an interesting kind of aspect where, you know, possibly, you know, the way that we can think of this world we're in is like, is this real life? Right. And it's moving so fast. And we, you know, find ourselves in such a dream state so much um, with Pisces um, having Neptune transiting there and, and retrograde nonetheless. Right. So so there's just this really dreamy quality to this year where it's like we're just like blinking and it's passing. Right. It's September. And, you know, we've done way less and way more this year than ever, right? There's so much more information and more decisions, it feels like, they have been made, right? And yet, we're not going really anywhere. And, and a lot of things have been reduced. And we spent a lot of time in the spring, um, you know, really sheltering in place. And so, um, and even though that's freeing up a little bit, our kids are still not going into schools for the most part. Right. So all these things that are kind of in uh, suspended animation and yet moving so fast, it's weird. Right. Um, so so all that being said, you know, Mars being in Aries really helps get shit done. It's that warrior energy that does not quit. It does not give up. It's not afraid of the rejection or the risk or, you know, it's literally um, as um, as risky as can be. And meanwhile, you know, all these other planets are in Capricorn, which is the most risk averse and responsible sign. And many of these planets are in retrograde. So there's this capturing of time where we're able to kind of like transmute it with this Virgo energy. I feel like that's why Virgo season for me, especially has been when a lot of things start to come full circle. And I've talked to a few of my friends even who are just like, finally feeling like they can start to make some plans. They can start to really imagine what a new normal would look like of their own making. By the way, you know, if you're still complaining about getting back to normal, 
you have probably forgotten and and good reason you know the amnesia is real but like probably forgotten how dreadful the old normal was <laughs> you know i can't even tell you how many people in my life um you know really on a on a fairly often basis just wish that their lives consisted of different activities uh, you know in or and and you know, and they're working on moving towards something different. So if that's you, if that's something that you're trying to call in, you're trying to transform what your life looks like day to day, Virgo energy is super fantastic for that. It's the mutable earth sign. Okay, so while Mars goes retrograde, we've got the sun in Virgo, which wants us to take stock of everything, make sure we clear the clutter, edit out the shit. You know, now for me, especially, I'm in my fourth house in my solar cycle. Um, and if you followed me along, you know, I've been working with the book of houses and really with the 12 house system of astrology within this astrologic lab. And what we're doing is we're observing these seasons and how we feel during them. Right. And that's not to say that it's like, oh, yeah, like every time the, the sun moves into my new house, I'm like, yeah, I feel this. Right. Because some of that shit is uncomfortable. Some of us aren't comfortable with you know, uh, germination time or choosing seeds time, right? All these different ways that the, you know, cause basically it's really a growth cycle that's equated to the 12 houses. So it goes from choosing the seeds to germination, putting down roots, right? Um, exploratory growth, uh, pruning and weeding, which is where I am in my fourth house. And then there's creative growth in the fifth house and blooming and flowering in the sixth. We go to pollination and then, um, uh, uh, excuse me, pollination is the seventh house and then reproductive growth, right? So dropping out those seeds, right? In the eighth house makes sense, right? Scorpio, Pluto, six. And then we got the ninth house, which is our fruition house. It's the house that everything starts is like edible fruit, right? We start to eat the fruit. And then we have harvest season, which is the 10th house. Now, harvest day is that midheaven. It's that, that day that your ninth house, we, you know, yields to the 10th house. So that's your harvest day. So we've been looking at how our sun goes through all of this. And I'm in the fourth house pruning and weeding. So for me, the Virgo seasons are real intense. And when I look through, because um, this cycle is the same every year. So once you've done your harvest cycle, your solar harvest cycle, that is, you're one and done. It's done. You find out what your four personal holidays are. You understand what days of the year you shift into new houses. And that can be a spiritual practice in and of itself. Very, very powerful work. And, you know, um, when I started testing the lab work, I, you know, everyone just gave really great feedback. And that has continued as I get people in. And I know some of you you're listening and I appreciate you. Um, and if you want to give a review of that, um, I recently had one of the members who was brand new come in. Thank you. By the way, Kathleen, she's um, her own magic woman and creating candles and magical shit. So if you need a healing or need some witchy where she's setting up her Etsy right now. Um, anyways, there's some Virgo pressure for you. <laughs> um, but but um, she sent me a recording on Instagram of like just like her being super excited about looking at the lab. And um, I asked her if I could turn it into a video. So I like did that. And 
it was super fun. If you want to do something like that, I would love to share your voice. Anyways, it's probably too, like, most people would probably be like, no, thank you. I'm not doing that. Or I don't want it to be, like, too contrived anyways. But, <laughs> whatevs. Okay, so. <sighs> uh, anyways. So, new moon in Virgo, 25 degrees. Find out where it is. Write your to-do list for this is this is your new moon intention. It's literally a to-do list. I do this every year for new moon in Virgo. That is the best intention is a fucking to-do list. And then you know what? As the moon grows new or grows full, you start looking at that list and you cross shit off. You start discerning, making real decisions. Is that really important to you? Is that really what you're working on? And you start getting really, really dialed in on what you want. Okay, so that's my suggestion. Write a to-do list. You can keep it to 10 things. 10 things to do before the end of the year that you just want to have happen. Um, and then put them in your fucking date book before Virgo season is over, which is not that long from now. It's the 21st. Okay, full, full power to cross that stuff off when you come to it in your date book and you say, no, not my priority anymore. Definitely not happening. And at that point, you can decide to reschedule, right? Because maybe it is a priority overall, but not for now. So you can either reschedule it or you can just knock it out of there, fucking forget it, burn it at the full moon and say, no, thanks. Do you know? Order canceled, universe. Just cancel the order. I don't want it. Right? Um, <laughs> I was just thinking, like, Amazon's lost a few packages recently. It's like, yeah. Anyways, this is what, you know, we can call some things in at this new moon um, and have it be very pragmatic but also wishy. Right? I mean, the new moon in Pisces is next. I'm sorry. That's not true. Um, why did I... The, the new moon in, um, a full moon in Pisces is next. I was like, what? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, the full moon in Pisces is next, right? So how exciting. Um, well, it's after the full moon in Aries. Have I confused you yet? So, um, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, we just had a full moon in um pisces is that true yes we did i'm all backwards see look what's happening i feel like my brain has been on vacation more than anything um i haven't had to get details correct goodness gracious so so the full moon in pisces began this cycle now Virgo is always attached to that Pisces energy because they're across the way from each other on the wheel, right? So we had that full moon in Pisces. We're having this new moon in Virgo. We're going to have a full moon in Aries next. So that's happening on the 1st of October. And that I know for sure. So definitely, definitely. And we're having a, uh, two full moons in October because that's what's happening this year. You know, um, Halloween's actually on a Saturday and a full moon, you guys. <laughs> and we're probably canceling trick-or-treating. <laughs> so, which all the better to have your witchy 
seances that evening and speak to your ancestors. Okay. When we're back, I'm going to talk about the Virgo archetype, how to call in Virgo wisdom, work with it, and a little spell for the new moon. That's a little more fun than that to-do list. Welcome back. Okay, so Virgo season. Virgo season started on... Let's see if I can not look at my book and just remember all the things. Is that a good idea, you guys? It doesn't seem to be a good idea. Virgo season started on August 21st, as it normally does. And... Or 22nd, right? Like, that's when... So it actually did start on August 22nd, Pacific Standard Time. I don't know. Some some calendars, because they're... Or ephemerises, rather, are different. Because they go off of different timing. Okay. So just knowing. Um, so Virgo season began and literally everyone in the lab was like, I called it out in a call that we had. I was like, yeah, did anybody start just like totally going crazy and meticulously cleaning shit and like organizing things? And they were like, oh, yeah, I did. And um, not even knowing it because, you know, it shifted into Virgo over the weekend. And so it was just kind of like... It was kind of funny. And I even, it came upon myself too, where it was just like, all of a sudden I just got that bug. So, you know, these are things that people really normally equate with Virgo is the fastidiousness, the meticulousness, the perfectionism, um, you know, the detail orientedness. Um, you know, those are those active ways that Virgo expresses itself is through organization Right. So it loves to have things um, in in a place. It loves to have things like make sense, you know, and common sense is actually a pretty um, fair assessment of what Virgo seeks. Right. It really seeks to have common sense, really simple kinds of solutions. However, because it can get lost in the weeds of details, the Virgo archetype often can feel very scattered and when not anchored with purpose or focus, as with most of us, you know, we have this part of ourselves that can get really scattered. And I would entreat you to look at the Virgo in your chart to figure out where you kind of get like this, because it's very Virgo energy to feel like you are kind of pulled in a lot of different directions, but you literally can do them all right? You can be a jack of all trades. This is a very mercurial trait. Virgo is ruled by Mercury as well as, you know, Gemini is ruled by Mercury too. So notice that there's some similarities here in the way that the ideas can be very, um, both vast and deep, right? It's, it's not like, you know, um, mercurial minds are just deep thinkers. They also think about like holistic kinds of things. So they're, they're masterminds in a lot of ways. And, you know, when they're narcissistic, it's pretty bad. So here's, here's the thing. Gemini's and Virgo's of course share Mercury, but what they don't share is their element. Okay. And they actually share, they share their quality too, right? They're both mutable signs. So mutability is basically this transmutation, this ability of transference, transformation. Mutable signs are in between seasons, right? Virgo is in between summer and fall. It's during that time that's kind of like the leaves are starting to transition. The, 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 the air is getting a little colder at night, 
right? There, it's in that transient, that in-between time. It's a liminal space. So all mutable signs have that in common, okay? In between the seasons. Virgo, you know, being a, the earth element and mutability, think about what mutable earth means. Movable earth, transformative earth, right? That is the fertile soil. It's the composting, it's the sandcastles that get washed away, right? It's the impermanence of what seems very solid, right? It's mountains and caverns being carved over millennia by the other elements, fire, water, air, spirit, right? So mutable earth is really the essence of Virgo. And I think when you kind of sit with that, contemplation, you can really start to feel that sense of yourself. Now, when you look at your natal chart, you'll be able to find out what house Virgo is in for you. It might be two houses. It might be just one. It might actually be close to three, depending on how, you know, your, your houses are split up, um, or it might have, it might have like a little bit of one, all of another and a little bit of another, right? I've seen that before on a chart, but mostly it's one and two houses. So, you know, find out where that is. What part of your life is that, you know, alive in? So right now the sun is moving through Virgo. So um, that there's this association with that house and Virgo. Virgo lives there, right? So for me, for instance, Virgo's in my fourth house. So Virgo lives in my fourth house. Now it also lives a little bit in my fifth house but not a lot. And so when I look at my life and I look at this time of year, right? Remembering that the solar cycle is the same every year. And I look at Virgo living in this fourth house for me, you know, I do, I tend to have these cycles of cleaning it up, organizing it. It gets activated with the moon, by the way, the moon goes around much faster than the sun, of course, right? It's going through every sign every month. So all the, you know, each lunar cycle is a complete circle around the zodiac. So it touches Virgo once a month. And during those one, two partial three days, right? I'm like activated in that fourth house. Are you following? So so when I think about the Virgo per impermanence and what lessons it's taught me, you know, the impermanence of what the fourth house represents is home, right? Safety. And it's funny because one of the things I'm just thinking this now, I hadn't even had this in my notes, but um, you may remember a revolutionary kind of weirdo named Jim Morrison. He's the lead singer of The Doors. And I was um, dating a, a boy when I was in high school who was obsessed with him. He happened to be a Gemini, which is a whole nother story, um, <laughs> which is why I don't. Yeah, Gemini's. I love you, um, but I'm one. You know, I have a Gemini rising, so I feel you. But let that be known that Jim Morrison, he was just like always present. And the one thing that I remember 
just really sticking with me. And my brain just kind of clicked, right? Because I had a lot of existential fear, <laughs> a lot of anxiety around a, 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 a dying when I was young um, and had this like real, um, just, just real anxiety and fear around things being impermanent. And I remember his saying, no one here gets out alive. And that just kind of cleared up shit for me. It was like, oh yeah, so like all this meaning I'm giving to certain things and giving it so much weight and feeling as though I could fuck this up and everything's going to be like, eh, you know, or everything has to be perfect. That saying alone, no one here gets out alive, was the beginning of me kind of recognizing how to reclaim my power from that fear of someday I'm not going to live anymore, right? So I offer that to you. May it be of use. Um, but back to the Virgo archetype, right? This mutable earth. Presence is fleeting, right? It teaches that presence is fleeting and, and life is kind of this immeasurable and impermanent presence, right? When we're in the moment, it's immeasurable. And we can't really measure moments, right? Sometimes it feels like we're going fast. Sometimes it feels like it's slowing down. You know, we, when we're present and noticing, you know, we can be there in the moment, but in the other second, it's gone. You know, it's like that deja vu constantly, but we're really living, you know, our present moments. And so you can decide to be there or not, right? You can decide to be in another place. And this is what, it's interesting, the polarity of the Virgo-Pisces axis in the astrological reel really talks about, teaches the polarity of, um, you know, kind of objective reality and this impermanence with Pisces actually being um, quite comfortable in, um, or, or, or tuned into the impermanence, right? So it's, um, it's this dreamlike quality where it almost ends up being like Pisces might say, well, it, it won't last. So why, why do it? Right. Um, <laughs> there's no, if things just stay in that dream realm where they are perfect, right? In the dream realm, everything can be perfect. Why would you want to like ruin it by bringing it earth side into reality? Whereas Virgo is like, no, we're going to make this shit. And then we're going to remake it and remake it and, and, and curate it into, you know, this, you know, imperfectly perfect creation, right? Um, and Virgo really loves that kind of work where it's becomes solid um, and that's that mutable earth coming through. So noticing where we want that to happen for us, right? Where is Virgo for you in your chart? You might be able to call that in. So at the new moon, which is at 25 degrees Virgo, is also a point in your chart, right? 25 degrees in your chart in Virgo um, is a point in your chart. It has a house. There may be planets there right? You might have other things there. So notice, where's the new moon in your chart for Virgo? Might be other things happening. But one thing you can do this new moon is call in the wisdom, the Virgo wisdom of working with soil, some kind of soil, 
Um, or you can, you know, and so soil in all of its transformative forms, right? Food. Soil makes food, right? Isn't that beautiful? In so many ways. I mean, even if you're cooking meat, the, the meat has eaten the grasses, right? I mean, we are part of, you know, soil has been transformed into every fucking thing. It's, you know, actually, it's crazy to think about that. I just got this really weird boost of emotion. I'm like near tears because that's a beautiful fucking thought. Um, but to create edible or destructible art, this is my call to you, you know, to, to create something impermanent on purpose, just for the fucking joy of it. Right. Permanence does not equal goodness. No one here gets out alive. Permanence does not equal goodness. So, so um, you might destroy something to create something new, right? You can um, create a collage, destroy a, I mean, listen, Virgo, you could destroy one of those terrible old textbooks that talks about how Columbus was a fucking hero and make it into some kind of political statement art. <laughs> per se. You could collage something like that. You could create rock towers, right? One of my favorite things to do, and I know I'm not the only one because I've seen them all over the internet now, but is to create little towers of rocks when I go hiking. I'll sit for a minute and I'll take some rocks, especially by the beach, I have to say, because they have the perfect rocks for this, but or riverbeds, and you just kind of tower them up and you make these towers. I have pictures of myself on a lot of riverbeds with like, basically I sit down in an area and I turn to every, you know, side that I can and build a tower and then I leave it there. Um, you could make a sand castle. It's still a little warm enough. You might play with clay, right? Um, or mosaic. You might um, take something that was ceramic and break it and then make it into something else. Um, or you might rehash some clothing even, right? Clothing, especially cotton, is made from the earth. Um, you all might, might also do something very, um, you know, uh, witchy and, nor, you know, uh, and, you know, utilit what is the word? Like utilitarian, I guess. Um, pragmatic. Um, and, and till up a new garden plot, um, which is what I'm considering um because I have a space in my yard that needs to be dug up and I'd like to plant some bulbs there so I was dreaming about that a little bit last night as I was drifting to sleep and I had this whole vision of of digging up this area in my yard and when the bulbs arrive because I actually ordered them it's a very adult thing for me to do. A very 42-year-old thing to do. I ordered my fall bulbs already, you guys. So, um, uh, because I realized, like, I focused a lot on herbs. And I have a beautiful, amazing herb garden that I completely enjoy. And I'm so grateful for. Because it provides a lot of medicine. But beauty is medicine, too. And so, I'm gifting myself some some flowers. Anyways, so those are my things. You know, I think 
including something that you have been stuck on, right? So if you need to destroy a part of yourself, you might, <laughs> by the way, maybe you've got a horcrux inside. You just want to, you know, consider figuring out what might represent that and do some kind of destructive art with it, right? Um, and I'll just kind of leave you there with that. I hope that you have a wonderful new moon. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for having me in your ears. And hopefully uh, you know how amazing I feel to be back here. And I'm excited for this season. I'm hoping to actually have a few more conversations with my amazing friends. So if you're interested in doing a podcast with me and want to have a conversation, please reach out. I would love to meet you and talk to you, which to which. And um, even if you, you know, even if you don't consider yourself a witch, I would love to talk to you about how and why you even listen. But what is it that you kind of make magic in your um, part of the world? So until next time, just remember you are powerful as fuck. So don't forget it. I'll see you next week. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast or benefited from it, I'd love for you to subscribe or rate or review to help spread the word and get this podcast into the ears of witches just like you. Clearly we are in crazy times. If you want to check out the Astrologic Lab, it's here, it's waiting, it's alive, and it's growing. Go to paintedgoddess.com and find out more today.